Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. I want to begin by saying a huge thank you to everyone who served in our Good Friday service and Easter services last weekend. Thank you for welcoming those God brought our way. Thank you for serving those God brought our way. Thank you for loving those God brought our way. Thank you for encouraging those God brought our way. Thank you for blessing those God brought our way. I also want to say a huge thank you to everyone who serves in our ministries every week. As followers of Jesus, yes, give yourselves a hand and all those, yes. As followers of Jesus, we have been saved to serve. Paul told us, for it is by grace you are saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We are saved for good works, not by good works. God wants us to serve one another in love. God wants us to serve all those he places around us in love. God has good works for you and me to do today and every day. As we give ourselves to God and stay focused on God, we're able to serve others for God. It is an honor, it is our privilege to be the hands and feet of Jesus to others. We serve in God's strength and we serve for God's glory. And we also know, and I'm sure you could give testimony to this, as we serve others for God, we are blessed by God. God always blesses our service to him and to those he places around us. So thank you so much for what happened last weekend and what continues to happen day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out in all of our different ministries. Open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter one. We are continuing to unpack God's truth for us in our verse by verse series through Titus called Better Together, Doing Church God's Way. God wants us to do life, relationships, and church his way. God has taught us how to do life, relationships, and church his way in his word. God has placed his spirit in us to help us do life, relationships, and church his way day by day. God's way is always best for us. Say that with me out loud. God's way is always best for us. One more time. God's way is always best for us. And we see this once again as we're making our way uh, this morning through this first chapter of Titus. Uh, Paul wrote these words to Titus and us years ago. These words are from God to us this morning, and God wants us to obey them today and throughout this week. And so let's do a quick review of uh, chapter one, where we've been and where we're going to continue moving. Verse five, Titus uh, is listening, reading this letter from Paul. Paul wrote, the reason I left you in Crete was to set right what was left undone, and as I directed you to appoint elders in every town. 
So we know that Paul here is sharing God's leadership plan for his local church. Paul left Titus in Crete to lead the churches throughout Crete. Titus was to appoint elders in the churches in Crete to lead the churches in Crete. He continued in verse 6, an elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. Paul gave Titus a list of qualifications that an elder must meet, that an elder must possess in order to be considered as an elder. This list of qualifications for elders that we see in this chapter is a fantastic list of qualities for every follower of Jesus Christ to possess and express. So we're all in view here. The first qualification is an elder must have godly character. An elder must be blameless, above reproach, must have a good reputation at home, at church, and in the community. A second uh, qualification is an elder must have godly commitments. Another must be committed to God and to his family. He's to be the husband of one wife. That means a one-woman man. And he's to have faithful children who are not accused of wildness and rebellion. Here's the point Paul is making to Titus. As an elder pastor overseer faithfully oversees his household well, he will be able to faithfully oversee God's household. And so we continue in verses 7 and 8, and he says, As an overseer in God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, and self-controlled. So the third qualification is the elder must have godly conduct. Paul is telling Titus, he said, listen, Titus, there are five negative qualities an elder and all of us as followers of Jesus Christ must avoid. And he shared those in verse 7. There's six positive qualities an elder and every follower of Jesus Christ should possess in verse 8. Specific context here, what Paul was telling Titus is an elder pastor overseer is to be a man worth following, a man worth imitating. And then he continues now into verse 9. And so we'll pick up in verse 9, holding to the faithful message as taught, so that he will be able to both encourage with sound teaching and refute those who contradict it. So let's look at this. As we begin to enjoy... The rich truth in verse 9, and let me tell you, verse 9 is full of rich truth. As we begin to enjoy the rich truth in verse 9, we find Paul giving us the why. He's giving us the why. Now, we know the what. The what of this passage here about leadership is an elder must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money, but he should be hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, and self-controlled. That's the what. The how, we already know in the first uh, three or four verses of chapter one, the how is by the Holy Spirit's power at work in that elder pastor overseer. God equips those he calls. Say that with me. God equips those he calls. God, that's true for every pastor, elder, overseer, and every one of you as a follower of Jesus Christ. God calls us to himself. God calls us to ministry and equips us for ministry. He empowers us to do what he is calling us to do. 
And so we see the what in this passage. It relates to leadership. We know the how. But now in verse 9, we see the why. Why is so that the elder pastor overseer can encourage with sound teaching and refute those who contradict it. Paul here identified the main ministry role of pastors, elders, and overseers, which is to preach and teach God's Word. It's the main ministry role. Elders, pastors, and overseers is to preach and teach God's Word. Paul shared this with Titus here. Paul also shared this with Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul made it even clearer to Timothy. He said, preach the Word. Be ready in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and teaching. And so here we see an elder pastor is to preach, teach, share, explain God's word to God's people. An elder is also to encourage and exhort and help God's people to put God's word into practice in their lives. It's teaching the truth and then encouraging them to obey it. An elder, a pastor, is to make God's word clear to God's people in the way they live, which was the focus of verse 7 and 8. If you look right back at verse 7 and 8, that's talking about lifestyle, the way they live, but also in the words they speak, which is the focus of now verse 9. So an elder pastor overseer is to make God's word clear in the way they live, verses 7 and 8, and in the words they speak. Here's the fourth point, the fourth qualification. An elder must have godly convictions. Elder must have godly convictions. And this is true for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Two key convictions for every elder pastor overseer. I think there are many convictions that we as elders must have, but I think two of the most vitally important, two of the convictions that must be at the top of the list, number one is an elder pastor must be convicted that the Word of God, that Scripture, the Word of God is infallible, inerrant, and inspired. That Scripture is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. That's conviction number one. The second conviction for an elder or pastor is that we must preach and teach God's Word. The Word of God is the Word of God, and therefore, that's what we preach and teach. And so, these are highly important convictions. And Paul's now going to help share about these convictions with Titus. He said, holding to the faithful message as taught. Holding here means to hold fast to. It means to cleave to. It means literally to keep a firm grip on. Holding is a present participle, which means it's an action that is to continue to be repeated day after day after day, today and all through the day. Holding is something that an elder is to do all through the day. As a follower of Christ, we're to do this all through the day. The message as taught is a reference to the Word of God, obviously. And so what Paul told Titus, godly convictions, here's an important one. An elder is to hold fast, cleave to, and keep a firm grip on the faithful, reliable, trustworthy, and true Word of God today, every day, all through the day, no matter who or what comes his way. It's to hold fast. Hold fast. 
and to keep a firm grip on the truth of God's word. And so we see how important this is in our day-to-day lives. An elder is to maintain a firm grip on the word of God. An elder is to teach God's truth, not tickle people's ears. An elder is to believe in the authority of God and his word. And an elder pastor overseer is to live under the authority of God and his word. This is so vitally important for elders and pastors and overseers and for all followers of Jesus Christ. An elder, a pastor, what Paul is telling Titus, an elder or pastor who does not hold firmly, who does not keep a firm grip on the truth of God's word, is not ready or qualified to preach and teach God's word. An elder, pastor, and overseer who does not keep a firm grip on the word of God, they're not ready, they're not qualified to preach and teach God's word. And so this is so vitally important for us as elders, as pastors, overseers, and as Bible teachers. So vitally important for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, specifically elders, pastors are in view, but we're all in view here. And so we see how important this is. Now, a question that we need to answer then is how do we hold firmly to the faithful message? How does an elder hold firmly to the faithful message? How does a pastor hold firmly to the faithful message? How do you we as followers of Jesus Christ hold firmly to the faithful message. Let me just give you a few steps that uh, we take in order to hold firmly to this message. These are vitally important. Number one is study the word. An elder must read, study, memorize, meditate on the word of God. He must think about the word of God. He must process the word of God in his heart and mind. An elder cannot preach and teach what he does not know. So he must Study the word. We as followers of Jesus Christ must study the word. I love what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15. He said, be diligent to present yourself as one approved to God. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Let me just give you a little bit of insight. Every pastor, elder, overseer in here would agree with me and every Bible teacher would agree with me. I'm pretty confident Uh, in this. Preparing to preach and teach God's word is hard work. Preaching and teaching God's word is hard work. Paul agreed with this, and Paul actually told Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, the elders who are good leaders among you are to be considered worthy of double honor. And then he said, especially those, especially those who what? Work hard. Say that with me out loud. Work hard at preaching and teaching. Paul told Titus. Paul told Timothy. Paul told the churches that we see throughout the New Testament. Preaching and teaching. God's word is hard work. Those elders who are good leaders who work hard that preaching and teaching the word are worthy to be considered of double honor. 
Preaching and teaching is blessed work. Preaching and teaching is beneficial work. Preaching and teaching is joyful work. Preaching and teaching is humbling work. And preaching and teaching God's word is hard work. I have yet to find this untrue. Sunday comes around every week. It comes around every week. Ready or not, here it comes. Every single week. And so an elder pastor overseer must put in the time to do the work necessary, the hard work of preaching and teaching and preparing to preach and teach. Elder pastor, overseer, Bible teachers must make the commitment to spend time with the Father so that they can hear from God, learn from God, so that then they will be able and ready to speak for God. And that's vitally important, that time, that commitment, that discipline to dive in. When life crashes in on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and the enemy is constantly at work trying to distract and to eliminate that time necessary for the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. I've been asked many, many times, when do you start preparing for uh, next week's sermon? I said, the second I step down from this week's sermon. It, it never stops. Never stops. There's just a continual loop that is the Lord speaking, and I'm trying to block and fight against all the distractions so that I can, whether I'm in the Word or whether I'm out with the Father in His world, I'm focused in training my ears to listen, to get into that Word so that I'm prepared to preach and teach the Word. That's our part. God's Holy Spirit does the work. But our part as followers of Christ, as teachers of the Word, as pastors, elders, is to put in the time and the work to be ready when God gives us those opportunities to preach and teach his word. So studying the word is vitally important. If we're going to hold firm to the word, if you're going to hold firm to the word of God, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in that meeting that's coming up around the corner on Thursday in the office, if you're going to be able to hold firmly to the word when you're out and about with friends and you're moving forward and doing different things and going to different activities with friends, then you need to study the word. Second is believe the word. we got to believe the word. We believe that God's word is God's word, that it's true for our lives, that it's absolute truth in every circumstance, at every time, and in every way. An elder or pastor will not preach and teach God's word faithfully if he doesn't believe it. He's got to believe it, study it, and then we believe it. An elder or pastor must believe that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful and profitable for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that the people of God will be complete, equipped for every good work. An elder or pastor must believe that God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. An elder or pastor must believe that God's word will never return to him empty or void, but it will always accomplish his purposes and it will always prosper in what he sends it to do. You see, an elder, pastor, followers of Jesus Christ, my brothers and my sisters, we must not just study the word, but we also must believe the word. We must believe that it's true. And it's the foundation for our lives. 
As Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded against his house, but it didn't fall. It didn't fall because it was built on the rock. And so we know that foundation is the word of God for us. And we can believe and trust it in the midst of a world that's going crazy. And less and less and less folks are believing the truth of God's word. And I'm talking about those in the church, not those outside the church. I'm talking about the folks in the church. The statistics show are believing less and less about the truth of this word. Which quite honestly makes no sense to me. And yet we see it's happening. So we study and we believe it. A common saying that people have often said before, you may have heard it, is God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And that's an incorrect statement. Let me give you the correct version of that. God said it, that settles it, I need to believe it. But quite honestly, whether I believe it or not doesn't change the fact that God said it and that settles it. I need to believe it, I should believe it, but God's not sweating that if I don't believe it, it's not gonna work. God said it, that settles it. We, we now have the opportunity to believe it. And which leads us to the third step, and that's obey the word. We obey it. We do what it says. Real simple. As James said, don't mean to listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. An elder must walk in obedience to the truth of God's word. Not perfection, but Christ-likeness is the goal. An elder understands and knows that Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep, obey my commands. Jesus actually commissioned all of us, and so not only elders and pastors, but all followers of Jesus Christ, no one understand that Jesus said that we're to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and doing what? Teaching them to obey everything he's commanded us. Well, if we're going to teach others to obey everything he's commanded us, then we need to obey those things that he's commanded us. And so we know that elder pastors, overseers, God's people, Brothers and sisters in Christ, we're to, as we say around here often, we're to live what we learn from God's word by God's power at work in us. So as elders and pastors and overseers and every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ, hold on and apply these principles, these three simple principles, we're able to hold faithfully onto that faithful message as taught. So why is it important for an elder, pastor, overseer. Why did Paul say it's important for them to hold on to the faithful message as taught? Two reasons. Number one, so that an elder pastor can encourage with sound teaching. That's the first reason so he can encourage. He's got to hold on to the word so that he can encourage with sound teaching. Encourage means to come alongside and to uh, exhort, to help, <clears throat> to comfort Sound with sound, encourage with sound. Literally, that word sound comes from the original word hugiano, and it's the word that we get our English word hygiene from. It means healthy, wholesome, free from error, pure, right. So we, we encourage with sound teaching. Teaching is doctrine, instruction, it's reference to the Word of God. So God's Word is healthy for us, it's wholesome. It's sound, it's free from error, it's pure, it's right, it's uncontaminated. And so 
Elders, pastors are to encourage with sound teaching. I love what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 3. He said this. He, he said, if anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the teaching that promotes godliness. Sound teaching is teaching what Jesus taught. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's word. Sound teaching promotes godliness. Sound teaching points people to Jesus. Sound teaching is pleasing to God. The sound teaching of the word of God produces growing, healthy, mature followers of Jesus Christ. As we sit under the sound teaching of the word of God, God meets us at our point of need and he encourages us, he challenges us, he comforts us, he convicts us, he changes us. God tells us what we need to know, what we need to do, and what we need to say as we sit under the sound teaching of his word. And then God only, not only tells us what we need to know, do, and say, he actually empowers us to do what he asks us to do, to say what he asks us to say. To live how he asks us to live, to love how he asks us to love, to lead how he asks us to lead. To see the, the progression here is sound leadership leads to sound teaching, which leads to sound living. Right leadership leads to right teaching, which leads to right living. Biblical leadership leads to biblical teaching, which leads to biblical living. So why is it important for an elder to hold on to the faithful messages taught? So that he can encourage with sound teaching. The second reason is so that he can refute false teachers in their false teaching. So that they can refute those who contradict it. And so we know refute means to bring to light. It means to convict, to expose, to rebuke. Refute those who, those are talking a reference to the false teachers, who contradict, contradict means to oppose, to object to, to speak out against. It is a reference to the word of God. So an elder is to refute the false teaching of false teachers. An elder, pastor, is to expose, to bring to light the error of false teaching from false teachers. Now, there's two reasons why an elder pastor is to do that. Number one, he exposes and brings to light the error of false teaching so that the false teachers will see the error of their teaching, be convicted by God, confess their sin to God, stop their false teaching, and start feeding on the true word of God. It's one of the reasons why. A second reason why an elder pastor is to refute those who contradict the word of God, the, the false teaching and the false teachers, is so that God's people will be able to recognize false teaching and reject it and resist it. And so truly, an elder pastor, overseer, is to preach and protect. It's to preach and protect. An elder, pastor, overseer, preaches the sound teaching of God's word. He encourages God's people with the sound teaching and preaching of the word. And he protects God's people by refuting the false teachers and their false teaching, by refuting those who contradict the sound teaching of the word of God. Now we know that's the, 
role of the pastor elders, the Holy Spirit of God is the one who truly convicts people. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who truly changes people. The Holy Spirit of God convicts and changes people who sit under the sound teaching of the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings people to confession and repentance and forgiveness and faith and obedience. But it's vitally important for this to work as God continues his work in his world, drawing the church to him by his grace through faith in his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The elders, pastors, overseers, all Bible teachers play a key role in this. We're to hold on to the faithful messages taught. We're to be convicted that this is the word of God so that we can encourage our brothers and sisters and those God places around us with the sound teaching of this word and so that we can refute and protect God's people from the false teachers and their false teaching. So that simple question for each of us now, as we make the switch now to process, how do we walk away from this today? What, what can we take into uh, this week to help us with this passage? What, what is it that God wants us to, to know and do? How can we apply this truth in our lives this week? Let me just give you a few reasons why this verse is so important. Number one, our beliefs determine our behavior. It's vitally important to hold the faithful messages taught. It's vitally important for elders to encourage with sound teaching and refute those that contradict it because our beliefs determine our behavior. What we believe determines how we behave. Our convictions determine our conduct, if you will. Our convictions determine our conduct. Listen, if we fill our minds with the Word of God throughout the week, we've got a much better opportunity to live God's way. But if we fill our minds throughout the week with the world's messages, thoughts, and philosophies, we've got a much greater chance to live the world's way. We cannot tune into the channel of the truth of God's word. We cannot turn into God's channel on Sunday mornings but inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. We can't just tune into this channel and listen to the word in the morning and be fired up in the worship through song and the word and encouragement and then leave and after life teams later this evening, then go out the rest of the week and tune out that channel and tune back into one of the many different channels the world has to offer and expect that we're going to be able to Live a life that's pleasing to the Lord and expect to be able to make a difference, to the teaching to make a difference in our lives. It's not going to work. We got to listen to the truth of God's word. We got to study and read the truth of God's word. Our beliefs determine our behavior. It's so vitally important for us to ask ourselves each day what channel are we listening to? Because we're always listening, we're always thinking, and we're always talking to ourselves. Always. And so it's vitally important for us to identify who are we allowing to speak into us. And so we know this verse is so vitally important because our beliefs determine our behavior. That old saying is true. Garbage in leads to garbage out. The truth of God's word in leads to the truth of God's word out. As Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We know, biblically, what's in us is going to come out of us. It's going to come out. And so we need to be encouraged with sound teaching throughout the week, and we need to refute 
false teachers and their false teachers. A second application is we need to grow. God's word is the main tool God uses to grow us up in our faith in Christ Jesus. So we need elders, pastors, overseers, Bible teachers to encourage us with sound teaching and to refute false teachers and the false teaching so that we can grow up in our faith in Christ Jesus. We know that Paul told us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God renews and renovates the thinking in our minds. He renews our minds on a day-by-day basis according to the truth of his word, which then allows us to know and understand and follow his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As Paul told us, speaking the truth in love, let us grow up in every way into him who is ahead, that being Christ. Peter told us, like newborn braves, desire and crave the pure spiritual milk of the word so that by it we can grow up in our salvation. And so we understand and know God has saved, called, and equipped elders and pastors and overseers to preach and teach God's word to God's people so that God's people can grow up in the maturity in Christ Jesus. God has saved, called, and equipped Bible teachers to preach and teach God's word so that God's people can grow up in their salvation, to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. And as that happens, we all win. We all win as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Growing up and our faith and trust in him. And in the third application point is we need to go. We need to go. Why is it important for pastors and elders to hold on to the faithful messages taught? Why is it important to encourage with sound teaching and, and to refute those who contradict it? Another reason is we need to go, not just grow, but we need to go. We need to go and tell others about Jesus. We need to go and make disciples of all nations. And that means we got to play our part. We have to go. We got to let others know the good news about Jesus. I love what Paul said in Romans chapter 10 uh, in verses 14 and 15. He said this, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We, those of us who know Jesus, must tell others about Jesus. We, those of us who know Jesus, get to tell others the good news about Jesus. This is why it's so important for all of us to hold on to the faithful message taught. Yes, elders, pastors, overseers are in the specific contextual view here. It is their role that God's called them to as leaders in the local church. But this is also true for all of us, servants, brothers, sisters in Christ Jesus, followers of Jesus, because we're all witnesses and ministers for Jesus. It's so important for all of us to hold on the faithful message as taught, to encourage our children, our brothers and sisters, our husbands, our wives, our classes, our life teams with the sound teaching of the Word of God and to be ready to refute those who contradict the sound teaching of God's word, to be ready to refute in love with grace false teachers and their false teaching. Because eternity is at stake. People need Jesus. And we are called to go and help others know Christ Jesus. And we see a great example of this. I think back in uh, the book of Acts. And we see the first church in Jerusalem. And as you reflect on the first church in Jerusalem, you know as well as I, we've studied that 
church many, many, many times. I'm sure you have as well in your own time with the Lord. And we see that that first church in Jerusalem uh, was on fire for the Lord. God was growing that church in amazing ways. It grew in Jerusalem, exploded with growth, and Jerusalem couldn't contain it because the persecutors were coming against it, but God had a different plan, and it, they overflowed into Judea, Samaria, Galilee, and literally the church there in Jerusalem, that first church, literally spread out into the Roman world. And one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons for that growth and the spread of what God was doing through that church. Obviously, it was all authored by God. One of the main reasons was because the people there, the members in that first church in Jerusalem, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the sound teaching of the Word of God. And the apostles were devoted to the sound teaching of the Word of God. And when you have the leaders and the people and everyone is devoted to the sound teaching of the Word of God, you have a situation where God's power, grace, love is going to explode and impact and influence those around them, near to them, and even those far from them. The sound teaching of God's Word and obedience to God's Word helps us to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to lead like Jesus. Every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ truly need the truth of God's Word, the whole truth of God's Word, and nothing but the truth of God's Word. Day after day after day. And as we see and as we walk in this verse, we see the blessings of God at work in and through our lives. Listen, we need one another. We need one another. That's part of the underlying conviction that Paul is sharing with Titus we see throughout the word, we need each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need the encouragement from one another. And there's no better way to encourage one another than through and with the word of God. Encouraging, blessing, and lifting one another up with the word of God. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response. And I want to encourage you to do just that, to encourage one another. What a great time, what a great way, great opportunity for us right now to encourage one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, to encourage one another with the word of God, to encourage one another with a word from God. As we've seen and we started this morning singing God's praises and we saw the glory of God in the baptism of Miss Darla with her, by her grandson, a testimony to the effective work that God has caused throughout the history of this church over the years. A first-hand view this morning of generation after generation after generation speaking to the sound teaching of the Word of God, holding on to the faithful messages taught, refuting those who contradict it, and all the while growing up in faith and maturity in Christ Jesus, being a blessing to all those around us. So I want to encourage you this morning our prayer partners will be sitting here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have a need, care, concern, that's why they're standing here. They'd love to pray with you. Altar is open for you to come and, and do business with the Father. But I want to encourage you as well 
take a moment and go and encourage a brother or sister in Christ right here, right now. Encourage them with the word. Encourage them with the word of God. If you know someone's going through a challenging time, a difficult time, go to them and just share a word from the word with them. Help them to know that nothing can separate them from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus for them. Help them to know that there's no condemnation for them because they're in Christ Jesus. Help them to know that they confess their sins. God is faithful and just. He'll forgive them of their sins and he'll purify them from all unrighteousness. Help them to know that God will meet all of their needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Help them to know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, that though it may not look good and it may not be good, what you're dealing with right now, that our good, good father is at work and he's going to bring good out of it for you. Help them to know that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He's close to those who are crushed in spirit. His eyes are on them. His ears are open to their cry for help. Help them to know that if they would just cast their cares on the Lord, he will respond and care for them. Go and speak a word of blessing, encouragement. As the scripture tells us, we're to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that we won't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Another one of the ramifications of holding the faithful messages taught encouraging with sound teaching and refuting those who contradict it allows us to grow up in our faith and to be ministers and encouragers to one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is God's time. If you've yet to receive God's gift of salvation, today is the day of salvation for you. We would love to introduce you to Jesus today. Love to tell you how you could place your faith and trust in him. You could leave this place completely changed the inside and out from the way you came by responding to God's grace and placing your faith and trust in Jesus. Let's stand and let's worship the Father today.